Welcome to the Books on Air podcast. I'm Suzanne Harris, and my listeners get the story behind every book. Joining me today is Winston Langley. Winston is here to talk about his fascinating book, While the U.S. Sleeps, Squandered Opportunities and Looming Threats. Winston Langley is Professor Emeritus of Political Science and International Relations and Senior Fellow at the McCormack Graduate School for Policy and Global Studies at the University of Massachusetts in Boston. He's also former provost and vice chancellor for academic affairs at that university. He has a broad academic background that includes biology, diplomatic history, political science, international relations, and law. Winston, I cannot wait for them to hear your voice. It's such a pleasure to have you on Books on Air. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, Susan. Thank you for having me and uh, allowing me to speak to your audience. The book is captivating. Let's start by giving the listeners an overview of what the book is about. I know that's a bit of a daunting task. Yes. They, I'll, I'll give them uh, per chapter and so that they can have a sense of how it progresses. The first chapter of the book deals with armed limitation and dispute settlement, as well as security. And it goes back to 1898 and takes one up to 2020. The second uh, area looks at the economic models that the U.S. has chosen over time, three of them, mercantilism, liberalism, and what is called neoliberalism, and how it has affected the way the U.S. has behaved. The third deals with race and class. And the thrust of it is to look at how race has been used to mask a class system within our society and how that bears on what we have come to call social rights. The other chapter deals with education and popular culture and the concept of exceptionalism and consumerism within U.S. society as well as the development of certain elements in technology. The other deals with the environment, home on ourselves, and it looks at a series of steps that have been taken domestically and internationally to deal with the threat of global warming and how we have behaved in relationship to those threats. The final chapter looks at uh, the will to national power or to global leadership and how that bears and the need for collective security for all human beings. It's obvious that this book is copiously researched, scrupulously researched. How did you go about doing the research and how long did it take for you to write the book, Winston? This book uh, took me about uh, three years to write. I had been uh, provost of the university, and as I stepped down, I had to find something to do uh, that would have an academic bearing. 
and I returned to some areas of focus that I had had uh, before I assumed responsibility to lead the university. And um, I discovered that some of the data I had uh, developed were outdated then, so I had to return to areas of reflection. I used a number of law libraries, for example, um, at the, locally, the uh, Boston University uh, uh, Law Library. I used the public archives at Harvard. I say public because it contains all the archives from the United Nations and much from the U.S., I used some diplomatic exchange from Yale University. I used our local Athenaeum. I used my own university library. And of course, I have a library at home. The title is intriguing. While the U.S. sleeps. What does that mean, Winston? It means that the United States has had very important opportunities to deal with certain problems uh, covering the topics just mentioned and for a number of reasons has stepped away from or neglected to attend to the problems. And so opportunities to deal with them at a level that was less threatening had lapsed. And now we are confronted with a convergence of these problems which threaten the society as a whole. And because the U.S. leads the world, threatens global society also. That's why societies at the end of the title. It's not just our society that's threatened. Yes, not only our society, but societies generally throughout the world. If one were to take the issue of the first chapter, for example, arms uh, limitation, uh, I mentioned that it began in 1998, uh, and where a conference uh, took place in The Hague in Holland, uh, to which the U.S. sent a delegation, and it was followed by a second Hague conference in 1907. And part of the effort there was to limit arms and to develop a system of arbitration, third-party dispute settlement, it was called, the idea being that two Two parties, two countries, for example, that are in conflict are not the best judges of their own position. It is better to have a third uninvolved country seek to help them resolve the difficulties. And so the idea of compulsory arbitration as a preliminary to international court system was being proposed. And uh, the U.S. had a number of opportunities there, among them the prestige of Theodore Roosevelt, who had won the Nobel Prize for Peace because of his conduct in relationship to the Russia-Japanese War of 1905. 
But because Roosevelt wanted to build a large navy that he was secretly supporting, he felt he could not take the step in the direction of peace. And that has haunted us over the years, having the same opportunity in 1990, 1920, 1928, 1933, 1986. In 1986, Gorbachev and President Reagan met in Reykjavik, Iceland, and the then Soviet Union an opportunity to take a step which Roosevelt had been advancing since 1933, namely to limit offensive weapon systems, perhaps even to get rid of them. Gorbachev said, I'm proposing that we take the next decade, by 1995, we'll get rid of all offensive nuclear weapon system to avoid the threat to humankind. And President Reagan at first considered it. The people from the Defense Department opposed it. Oh. People from the State Department said, well, we should try. We allowed that opportunity to escape us. And now we are back in what would have been uh, a chance to avoid for the U.S. and for the peoples of the world the ever-present threat of nuclear war. Winston, so, you're so fascinating, yeah. Winston. This is You're bringing back... I, names and and faces and the the way that you describe and the way that you talk about the events it immediately flashes through my mind almost like a news reel that i watched because if you're a certain age you watched this all unfold and you watched it happen yes in your research for writing the book did you learn anything that you didn't expect to learn? Yes, I learned quite a few things, indeed, that will be incorporated in other uh, volumes. For example, in 2017, the United Nations and all the countries of the world uh, gathered together to find a way of outlawing, to make illegal the use of nuclear weapons. In other words, it would be made a crime. In 1928, the Secretary of State of the U.S., a man called Kellogg, along with his counterpart in France, called Briand, and so it is called the Kellogg-Briand Pact, sought also not only to soften the impact of war, but to criminalize it. Well, that's what we are doing today. But what I found is that there is a movement 
to make war acceptable by limiting the the damage that is done to people, but not making law itself unlawful. And so I am a little um, anxious about the emergence of this movement and how it will affect what has come into being for the first time an international criminal court that is responsible to deal with such issues as the criminality of warfare. Oh my. Let's, I believe you have a part of the book that you would like to read to our listeners. Would you share that now? Yes. Uh, I, uh, this part of the book deals with some of the primary challenges to humankind's collective future. And since the U.S. is a leader uh, in the world, it affects the U.S. equally. Among these challenges are the following. The ongoing demographic changes the transborder movement of peoples, the nature of the social compact that societies must embrace if they are to survive, the capacity of economic systems to accommodate that compact while generating promise for a complex political future, the acceptance of the place of humankind in the Earth's ecology, including issues of public health, etc. The relationship among education, technology, and society, and the need for common security among peoples and nations with the attention to the role of law in gaining that security. This is such a powerful book, and I know that you've only scratched the surface with what you and I have talked about. I know that we, you have my attention, and I know that everyone who is listening to us, you ha we have their attention as well. I'm sure that they're wondering where they can find the book. It is on Amazon, and let me give you specific titles and do some spelling so that you can easily find it. When you go to Amazon, the, the title of the book is While the U period, S period, sleeps, colon, squandered opportunities and looming threats to societies by Winston, W-I-N-S-T-O-N, Langley, L-A-N-G-L-E-Y. I'm sure if you just put in While the U.S. Sleeps by Winston Langley and click You'll come right up to the book. In the upper right-hand corner, if you've never looked at books on Amazon, there are two words. It says, Look Inside. If you'll click on the words, Look Inside, the book electronically opens. You'll be able to see the table of contents, and you'll be able to read an excerpt from the book that's pulling you right in. It's fascinating. When I started to read on the excerpt, I immediately wanted to know more. Now, I know, Winston, that you also have a website. 
let's give our listeners the website and talk about what's there. Yes, there is a website by the publisher. It is uh, entitled Author Langley. That's one word, authorlangley.com. And if one goes there, one will see a display of the book, and one can also uh, purchase a copy if one wishes uh, uh, to do so. There's also information about you, that your bio is there, and your other books. You've written a, a number of other books as well, so people would be able to see those books right there as well, right? Yes, they would indeed. Um, including one just recently published, War Between the U.S. and China. Which is a frightening title. (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) Now, you are under construction with a new website, I believe. Yes. The objective of the new website will be to bring together all of, or most of the books I've written, primarily the most recent ones, so that individuals who may want to have access to uh, my work may do so. Um, It's a a varied, it will be a varied um, uh, site because I have a variety of interests, including uh, poetry, and therefore uh, some of my work uh, not my own poetry, but on the dis- discussion of poetry or books and poetry will be there. I had no idea you were a poet. Well, I do a bit of that, uh, but um, the focus of the site will not be my own uh, poetry. It will be the work of other poets. I would be interested in reading some of your poems. You must put yourself you must put some of those on one of your websites so that we can see your poems. I think that's poetry has a very special place uh, for me in my in my heart because it's a poet sees the world in my mind differently. And the phraseology and the way that poets put words together, I think, is almost magical. So I should not be surprised that you're a poet after reading your beautiful prose. I, 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 I will take your counsel, uh, um, Susan, uh, into into consideration. And um, I may uh, the man who is preparing the site is suggested that I do uh, what you're counseling me to do. Excellent. uh, Excellent. (laughs) That would give us another side of Winston Langley. Thank you. I think think I'll, I'll very seriously consider what you're suggesting for me, yes. I don't mean to embarrass you. I can tell that I have, and I don't mean to do that, Winston. Let me ask you one final question, and this may be difficult to answer because this book is so important, so well-researched. There is so much information. I always like to give an author 
the opportunity to have the last word about their work, because it is their work. When our listeners become readers and they purchase a copy of While the U.S. Sleeps and they read the book cover to cover, they have read that last page, they have either electronically or physically closed the back cover. What do you, as the author of this book, want that reader to take away? I would say, at minimum, three things. One, that it has expanded the reader's consciousness of the U.S. and the world in which we all live. Two, that each of the topical area chosen has a direct bearing on his or her life. And three, that this bearing is comprehensive. It is not simply political uh, or economic, but it has um, what I would call a deep moral, spiritual, and uh, aesthetic intimacy. This is such an important book. It is so well written, so well researched. It has just been my absolute pleasure to be able to talk with you about it. Thank you so very much, Winston, for being my guest today on Books on Air. Thank you, and thank your audience for bearing with me. I enjoyed this exchange, and I hope it will have uh, some fruitful outcome uh, for others as it has for me. I do as well. Remember, you can find While the U.S. Sleeps, Squandered Opportunities and Looming Threats to Societies by Winston Langley on Amazon. You've been listening to the Books on Air podcast brought to you on webtalkradio.net. You can also hear this podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. I'm Suzanne Harris, and I hope you'll join me for the next Books on Air podcast, because remember, you never know who's going to be here, and you never know what we're going to talk about. Thank you so much for listening.